Before we get into Church of Tune, I just want to rectify or address something I said at the very top. There is nothing wrong with writing romance, to be clear. Like, it's a much derided genre because it's liked by women. My problem is not with that, and there are plenty of good romance writers out there. This writer is not very good. Maybe the romance is better. But I did not mean it to come across as a criticism of the choice to write romance. Yeah. For what it's worth to me, it came across as maybe romance okay. is their genre and not animorphs. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um so they're they're all in the chimpanzee cages, they all have morphed. Um, and they arrive at the new place. The person comes to unload them. Um uh they do so like one at a time. They put them on little cart, wheel the cart into another lab that has a bunch of other chimpanzees in cages. Um, Cassie instructs them to basically act cool because the, the chimps were probably raised in captivity and would be used to this. Um, <clears throat> I think, so, well, I was reading this, the one of, I assume it is one of the scientists, um, mm -hmm. about, whether we get the scientist with gray beards, uh, blue eyes, who uh, offers um, acts in Chimp Wolf a cookie. This is obviously to get out of the cage and into the other cage. Mm -hmm. And refers to, and I didn't know whether pumpkin was the name or whether it was just a pet name, um, like a term of endearment. But this sort of lends to something we discover later. Mm -hmm. uh, this is like there's no reason that there are plenty of people that mistreat animals when they work with them mm -hmm. and this is somebody that's clearly fond mm -hmm. of the animals he's working with mm -hmm. so yeah he's using positive just... reinforcement in order to get the animal to move mm -hmm. um isn't manhandling them um and like he just peacefully change switches uh acts from the portable cage to one that's like built into the wall of this laboratory, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and like, yeah, he puts a collar around the chimpanzee's neck, but okay. Um, I definitely got the vibe that it's like the name of the chimpanzee is Pumpkin. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's he's very like he praises her. He there, it, there's nothing really off about the way that he's treating the monkeys that we can see. Um, the apes. Yeah, it makes you wonder. This is probably is this a controller? Because or is this actually a human working for this facility? Right. Because yeah, we don't uh -huh. see the Yerks generally be. We've we've seen it flagged before that Yerks don't tend to show mm -hmm. much consideration. Yeah, like this. So. Uh. It makes me think also just the fact that he like there they are there are charts on these cages that have details about the chimpanzees inside them, but all of the animorphs morphed the one chimpanzee. Mm. Um which like were all of the chimpanzees female because the scientist would notice. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Let's just assume that they were. Because when that kind of shit comes up later, everyone's really mm. observant about bull testicles. So, like, 
surely they would notice a lack of chimp testes. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I wonder if it is one of those things where I know you do get mixed groups, but often if you want like a harmonious group, you tend to keep the adult males yeah. separate anyway. Yeah. So if if these are like lab animals that have been part of that sort of life for a while, it makes sense that they might be um, all female. Mm -hmm. But again, we're giving the writer credit that she possibly isn't due here. Um, so they're all put up in these little cages in this laboratory, along with about 20 other chimpanzees. Um, everyone's making just an ungodly racket. Um, and, uh, we get another detail here of Axe being overwhelmed by the sound in the room, uh, which is Chimps another- Chimps loud. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. Especially in, like, a closed, mostly concrete room. Like, mm -hmm. oh boy. So much echoing. That <laughs> unholy amount of noise. Yeah. Um, but we don't see any of the others react negatively to this amount of noise in particular. Um, so it, it's another tally on my neurodivergent axe uh, count. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, they, they're like, okay, well, what are we doing here? We need to figure out stuff about this. Um, so they're like, okay, well, we're demorph, then morph to fly or something, get out of here, go explore the laboratory, whatever. Um, all the handlers exit and Cassie begins to demorph, but then in the middle of her demorphing, uh, Visser 3 is here because of course Visser 3 is here. Of course um, he is. He's always here. Mm -hmm. Worst possible timing for him to show up, he's here. Yep. Uh, and everyone panics because Cassie is half demorphed. Uh, so the kids have to figure out a way to distract Visser 3 long enough for her to, her to remorph. Um, at first they just kind of yell at him, but he doesn't care because he's very good at ignoring atmospheric shit like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then Marco gets the idea to throw, literally throw shit at him. Which, fine, it's a kid's book. I understand that poop humor is going to be a thing. But like... And this is also an observed behavior. Like, yes. these stressed out animals in captivity are often yeah. seen to do this. It is not a cute, funny behavior. No. It is usually a sign of distress. Yeah. And however, throwing shit at Visa 3 isn't <laughs> a bad thing. This is definitely if anyone deserves to have poop thrown at them. Yeah. The V3 man. Yeah. Is pretty high up the list. The fact that Axe manages to get like him in the stalk eye uh -huh. is very gratifying. Yeah. As dumb as this is, and as base humor as this is, and convenient as this is, because why wouldn't the cages have been cleaned out when there wasn't animals in there? Because that's how you look after animals. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, it's, it, it, this the, happens to be some handy poop here. Yeah. That's, that's really what threw me at. Like, I'm not really, a, I'm not a fan of poop humor. I, no, neither I. I. Uh, but like the thing that really drew me out of it is 
Marco swept his hand across the bottom of his dirty cage. And mm-hmm. it's like, excuse me, these scientists who are the mm-hmm. who are taking care of and using these chimpanzees for experiments have put a new animal into a mm-hmm. dirty cage. I would have respected it more and they wouldn't have had the balls to do it to have him yes. do a poop and then throw that. That I might have respected. I would have been probably grossed out a little bit because I, as I said, I don't dig toilet humor. However, that at least I would have bought. It does bring up some questions as to, like, I don't know that he could because they haven't oh, the eaten state anything. Of, yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Whatever. With I don't want to think about it too much. Yeah. No, we don't want to. This isn't something we want to dwell on. <laughs> uh, but, you know, again, contrivance, poor research, poor, poorly thought out from a writing perspective. Yeah. Like, we've established, oh, these, uh, the scientist knows his job, cares about these animals, but also going to put the animal in a cage with poop in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just... It, it's, yeah, it's like contradictory. Like nothing has any sort of consistency. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I mentioned consistency directly after talking about. Poop. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, sorry. Okay, but yeah. Uh, so they throw Either a bunch way, of poop at Visser Three. Unsurprisingly, um, Visser Three does not take kindly to this. <laughs> uh, he leaves. He flees the room. And being the dramatic bitch that he is, also to be fair, this was probably due to happen. But we just hear yelling outside the door, uh, thought speak, uh, Visser 3 insisting, uh, yelling that uh, kill them all. Yeah. All the chimpanzees, uh, specifically. Yes. Um, one of the controllers appears to argue because the door proceeds to blow open and the human controller minus a hand, uh, which is laying nearby, uh, blows in. Mm-hmm. And we find out Visser 3. Uh, drops the angry and goes into sort of like sugar sweet false friendly voice that mm-hmm. he was here to close the facility. Phase two is already a success. This series of tests has been superseded. And um, this uh, human controller is like stammering out like, yes, I'll do this. And then the visitor's just like, oh, so no arguments now? You don't want to question my orders? Um, and we get some weirdly like homophobic queer code. We've talked about Visser 3 a little bit queer Cody mm-hmm. anyway. But we have this moment where he arches his tail forward and almost caressed the human's controller's neck with his blade. And I'm like, I don't care for this. Yeah. That feels like a very human way to threaten somebody. Mm-hmm. A very cliched movie-style way of doing it. Um, Mr. 3 also has a TV, exclusively watches action Mm -hmm. films. Yeah. (laughs) Just now I'm imagining Visa 3 practicing like Alan Rickman's German (laughs) Hans Gruber accent. Yeah. Just like, I'm glad your brain went to the same place that mine did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, this motherfucker has seen Die Hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh. But yeah, Visser 3 is like, send in the taxons, don't waste the fresh meat. 
So, okay. Um, mm-hmm. He does give the uh, human controller's hand back to him, just like reattach it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I do like we get this obs- this detail, and this is something that will come up later. Visa 3 is not a leader who believes it is important to be popular with subordinates. Yeah. Yep. Uh, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so they all demorph. Um, Cassie turns human and unlocks everybody. So they all just leave the cages. And Cassie begins to open the other chimpanzee cages. Mm -hmm. Um, and Marco's like, what are you doing? Uh, and Cassie says, I'm letting them out. You heard what Visser 3 said. They're going to be killed. Uh, then Marco makes a decent point in, again, the most condescending way possible. All we have to do is morph to flies and go out through the door. Once the taxons get here, I mean, no one is going to count the chimps. But if they get here and find nothing to eat, the Yerks are going to realize they've been had. They're going to know we were here. Which is a good point. Um, yeah. Cassie digs in her heels. Uh, and says, you guys can go, like, basically, I'm staying behind, I'm gonna release all of these chimpanzees. Um, she's very angry and very determined. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jake, uh, kind of jumps in on Marco's side, he's like, we can make a clean getaway here, if they realize we've been here, then they're gonna be on guard at the meatpacking plant, and it'll make it really harder down the line. And Chassie, Cassie argues, um, not if we morph back to chimpanzees, um, and then, like, basically stage a Prison break. Riot? A chimpanzee <laughs> riot? Yeah. Um, uh, Rachel's down for this plan. Uh, Marco is angry at Rachel for backing Cassie in this. Um, out of, deeply out of character. Yeah. Like, if he were just like s- saying it offhand or joking about it, that is something he would say, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the angrily, which I know I'm nitpicking, yeah. but like, yeah. It's the little things that all add up to just being deeply dissatisfied with this book. Um, So they all morph back to chimpanzee. They grab a couple. I do like. Go ahead. I do like the detail where I just like that. uh, No, I just like the idea of the chimpanzees getting some back, you know, which does feel like Rachel. Yeah. Like also having Cassie's Rachel's also, yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. It, It does. It vibes. We also get this little thing of jake being like so much for me being in charge which yeah. is uh okay the fuck yeah he doesn't do that out loud no and even when he has that kind of sentiment it's not phrased like that yeah yeah it's weird um mm-hmm. uh and uh, yeah. the taxons Enter the taxons, um, which, hey, here's another fucking weird thing. We, they were in the previous scene when Visser 3 was threatening that dude. It was, it said that the door blew open. Um, and I guess it must have meant that it just like literally just blew open and didn't fall off its hinges because I definitely yeah. interpreted it as falling off its hinges and this guy was thrown through the door. Yeah. Uh, but the taxons are said to, the door opens and the taxons come in. Again, it's just like, 
kind of sloppy. Yeah, um, I think sloppy is the right way to describe a lot of it. Like, this definitely needed some proof. A second, like, proofreading. Yeah. Uh, they fight the taxons. They damage one of them enough that all the other taxons turn on it. Naturally. Um, and they are able to uh, basically just run out while the taxons are distracted eating their brethren. Quick sidebar. Um, if yeah. I may. Mm -hmm. Do we ever get a perspective from a Yerk on what it's like to be in a taxon doing that? Going on a feet? Because we saw it in the Andalite Chronicles mm -hmm. and how distressing it was to be part of that. I wonder if it sucks for the Yerk. I don't think we get that. Um... I would imagine that at least for a lot of the Yerks living in the Empire, it s would suck because you're not in control, but may it's not as much as like, I am out of control. Because mm. they view the bodies as basically just mechs. Um, just a, a thought that struck me. Just Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think we get we any perspectives like that. Because we also get a detail later, just while thinking about it, of um, how when they're fighting controllers, they try not to kill controllers, especially human controllers. Mm -hmm. We get that distinction. Uh -huh. um, and I think there is a brief moment where uh, we see Axe act, act, act non-lethally when fighting against a Hawk-Bajir controller. Um, but as we've talked about before, generally speaking, Hawk-Bajir, a free game. Mm -hmm. And I've never come across, so far at least, any of the kids having hesitation about fighting attacks on. Nope. And killing attacks on. Granted, nope. apparently they are as easy to rupture as a wet paper bag. So it's kind of hard to fight attacks on without doing serious damage to it. But Never any regret. Yeah. Yeah. They always, they all hate the taxons. They're, they never like give the taxons any kind of redeeming thoughts or interactions. Like it's always just the kids hate taxons. They're big. They're gross. Uh, they're cannibalistic and they're not worth saving. Which really sucks after like we had that effort in the Andalite Chronicles to see about what more about what being a taxon is. Mm-hmm. And that empathy there to just but we're gonna uh we can't dwell on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't got time to get into all that. <laughs> and it's like uh Yeah. But that's not a specific to this book issue, that's a general trend. So. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so they lead the chimpanzee riot out through the lab. Um, it's, it's impossible to organize a bunch of rowdy chimpanzees to the surprise of no one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I do hate this implication 
Uh, Cassie did all she could, but the chimpanzees, while intelligent by the standards of non-human animals, are still limited. Too limited even to grasp their own freedom. Mm, this like, Yeah, that's it's a really condescending way to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Like they if if they were raised exclusively in captivity. Like, of course. They're not gonna. It doesn't make them stupid to not immediately race for the open door. No, they're conditioned. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then we get from Axe. How can I describe what we saw as we raced through room after room looking for an exit? Chimpanzees were not the only creatures being used for experimentation. There were smaller monkeys, rats, dogs. I soon saw why humans prefer to draw an arbitrary line between themselves and other animals. Had humans been used as these animals were used, the only appropriate descriptive word would have been torture. Torture. Useful, no doubt. Medif medically justifiable, most likely. <clears throat> and it is not my business to judge humans. But this behavior of theirs did trouble me. You sure do sound judgy there, Axe. Yeah, not to judge, but I'm just going to make a quick judgment here. <laughs> and again, I, we have can... mm -hmm. just this terrible, like, <sighs> uh, you had, you were saying something. Yeah, I, I, I get why he might feel like, oh, this feels very strange to me. And we get this observation of after dark, he goes running and he finds himself thinking about the invisible differences between mm -hmm. the Andalite homeworld and Earth. And he thinks about how Andalites living in, in harmony better than uh, humans do with Earth animals. Um we just get him sort of reflecting on this and again this is like words put into a character's mouth that he wouldn't say mm -hmm. um i can even understand him being like troubled or unsure about it because we've seen that sort of thing from him a lot but i refuse to believe that andalites have never experimented on anything yeah like, that's not how that works. Excuse me, how do you develop a quantum virus? Uh, how do you <laughs> create these things? Like, yeah. even Andalite medicine. Like, yeah. Like, the point is that it feels a very arbitrary position for acts to be put into for this book, just to have. Oh well, if the smart alien thinks this is terrible, then oh what we should maybe think. Look at this outside perspective. Oh yeah. it's like fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Like it we don't know much about um the way Andalite society and technology evolved, the kind of things they have to deal with, the kind of things they don't. Do Andalites have anything resembling cosmetics? Do Andalites have cosmetics? We know that humankind have always 
done so like uh, as early back as we can find like human remains people have like decorated themselves and things like that mm-hmm. and it's just <sighs> i'm losing the thread of my point and i'm frustrated yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah, it's it's p- poising Andalites as the like back to nature ideal mm. when the, pa- that, the pastoral fantasy. Yes, of, uh... yes, thank you. Um, and like oh, p- that is partly accurate because like mm. they take their fields with them when they travel in space because they're uh migrating grazing animals that need to be able to move around and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. but also like you (laughs) the quantum virus is a perfect example like mathematical equations only get you so far at Mm -hmm. some point you gotta test it on something uh maybe it's a cell line i guess but how do you know it will actually affect an entire organism in the Mm -hmm. way that is desired and that goes for medicine too like yeah okay maybe they're only testing their medicines on andalites and they maybe they go through this really extended process of making sure that uh andalites uh are you know have informed consent before they start taking this medication but like humans do that too yeah it's just Um, in the early stages that yeah i don't know Um, we do get acts observing like again countering just like but perhaps uh, as marco or perhaps rachel said earth is a tough neighborhood the competition for survival on earth is brutal and how there are lots of violent predators and and he talks about how there are predators on Earth that could completely rip an Andalite apart. Mm-hmm. But it's humans that are dominant here. And how um, for Andalites, they haven't felt a pressure from other species and how they were like the top of the pyramid, as it mm-hmm. were, like the top of the food chain. Um, and observes how even on Earth, uh, there are parts of the planet where humans are still prey. To stronger animals and maybe that's why humans have got this weird disconnected disconnected attitude to different other species how some they protect some they cherish some they use some they kill and it's like and yet would it not seem that they would eat the animals that threatened humans and not the utterly inoffensive creature like cows we certainly didn't choose such animals for battle morphs and then again, like Danielle was saying earlier, and to abuse chimpanzees, aliens, almost identical to Homo sapiens, comes very near to a taxon view of morality. You've never been a taxon, Axe. <laughs> you don't know. You just view their morality through your lens. Mm-hmm. And we do is that how he reminds himself he's an alien and that he's a grazer by nature, not a predator. And I'm also just like, Okay, not a predator, but that's a really big fucking blade for something that's a prey animal. And, like, I appreciate that some of the most dangerous animals on Earth are uh, herbivores. Mm-hmm. Like, don't fuck with a hippo. Just don't. 
To be fair, I don't know if hippos never eat meat either. But, you know, elephants, incredibly mm-hmm. dangerous to a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you catch one the wrong way. And it's like... <sighs> and then, and again, it feels like axes flip-flopping back and forth. And I've had arguments mm-hmm. with myself like this. It's like, maybe he's not the person to to make this judgment. Um, he understands that, or in his understanding, uh, humans never had the option of simply grazing. Uh, started with hunter gathering, mm-hmm. and then it just moves on, and he starts watching TV. And I'm like, what is this trying to achieve? Yeah, other than like, I see that. No, I put all the I put all my working in there, so you can't say I didn't mm-hmm. do a balanced argument. Yeah, did you though? <laughs> <laughs> It just sounds like you wrote a list of bullet points that needed to be covered and didn't care about how they strung together. Much like everything in this book. <laughs> like, I'm that was very bitchy of me, <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> but there feels like such a disconnect between like every action scene. Okay, this needs to happen, and this needs to happen, and this needs to happen. How do you get from A to B? Mm-hmm. Can't A and then B just happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's not really how writing works. Um, but yeah and it's just it's bad it's bad writing yeah like nothing feels cohesive and it's just like we've said but we spend so little time with Axe in his head Mm -hmm. learning with him understanding how he thinks and to have him having to deal with this back and forth about animal testing which is such a contentious issue in the human world Mm -hmm. it's unfair to then have to spend some time with the alien character reasoning out this debate in his head because there's nobody for him to talk to about it Mm -hmm. yeah it's a a child bear in mind as well like an emotionally intelligent child but a child. Yeah. I maybe would have liked this like little internal argument better if it were instead something he were discussing with Tobias. Mm-hmm. Um, because Tobias has yeah. a pretty unique view on this kind of shit because he literally has to hunt to eat to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Like, even even if he weren't actively hunting, he would still have to eat meat to live. There is no vegan diet for hawks. Um, yeah. And so, like, he ha- he has kind of this interesting perspective on it that I think would benefit it to, yeah. to talk about it with him. But yeah. that's not what we get. Yeah. I'm now just thinking about this one Futurama gag. One, don't try to give certain animals a vegan diet. You will starve them. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm thinking about a gag in Futurama where there's a bunch of hippies and they're like, we taught this lion how to eat tofu. And it's just the saddest thing mm. is looking like, just like, give that lion some meat. Mm. But um, I was watching um, a video, I think it's the Save a Fox Foundation. Mm. Um 
They have a YouTube channel. It's very good. Very wholesome content. Enjoy. But uh, the the woman in the video I was watching was talking about how there's a certain enzyme or um, something in raw meat and eggs uh, that's also present that they need for their diet mm-hmm. um, to keep their body functioning. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all for like a human can live of on a vegan diet if you know they're not living in like a food desert and they have the money and xyz but mm-hmm. i'm not getting into the debate about veganism because i shouldn't and a lot of people in that debate on both sides just tend to be really shitty mm-hmm. so much like, yeah, this like book. Is it? much like this book um but hey axe shows up um yeah, as starts flicking through the TV, um, can't. He's doing some adjustments. He turns it off uh, after seeing an ad for a cheeseburger. Um, but uh, then Tobias arrives, having found a universal TV remote mm-hmm. in a dumpster. Um, and it and Tobias explains to Ags how now you won't have to get up to change the channel, <laughs> um, which is. Incredible. And he's delighted. Mm-hmm. Um, much more efficient. I would expend fewer calories per channel changed when I realized the time it could save. And it's just very good. Um, meanwhile, and Axe and Spice is like, Axe, how do you have so many channels? You don't have cable. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he explains how he's made a satellite a satellite receiver. And Tobias is like, "Yo, you used soda cans and some broken radio, and holds up some wire." Mm-hmm. And uh, what's this? The wire that humans hang from limbless trees. Very convenient. I found this the evening before I fed. Tobias quickly dropped it. Ah, that would explain the power outage in Jack Jake's neighborhood. <laughs> uh, power outage. That black wire controls the electric power. When it's not stolen for personal use, yeah, ridiculous. Why is it not better protected? <laughs> <laughs> Why should one small piece matter? The management of your power sources is quite primitive, um, and that's just very. I think there was a mention earlier about lim- the limbless trees um, mm-hmm. and how I think it's Tobias couldn't land on the electric wires, mm-hmm. uh, but some of the others could. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why certain birds can and certain birds can't. I'm sure uh, Danielle wouldn't know. It mostly depends on the size. Uh, ah, yeah, and how they land, I suppose, because isn't the whole mm-hmm. thing like if their la- their feet land on the wire at the same time, the electricity yes, something get like broken. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. Um, but yeah, I like that callback there, mm-hmm. and the notion of Axe just stealing cables to rig up his personal satellite dish. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's just like, well, why? And why would he think that taking a small piece of cable would affect so many people? Like, well, that's dumb. That's mm-hmm. poor planning. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, in the middle of this uh, rambling about why does it matter, uh, they catch uh, the end of a news broadcast. Um, uh, the chimps um, have been handled. Uh, they've been finally captured, um, though there was like two hours of traffic on Broad Street uh, <laughs> while the animal handlers from the gardens attempted to catch them. And there's a lot of speculation 
because um, no one's reported the chimps missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's an eyewitness who reported seeing them jump from the back of a truck, but the truck hasn't been found. Um, and then we have this little observation. Tobias, like, at least the chimps will have better lives. And Axe expresses, after a moment's hesitation, that uh, humans are inconsistent. And Tobias is like, yeah, they are. We are. Which is nice little mm-hmm. detail there. But he's also like, look, tomorrow's going to suck. How about we just chill out um, and watch a sitcom? Because tomorrow in the morning they have to go and observe the slaughterhouse. Yep. Uh, so Tobias and Axe, while the others are in school, go observe the slaughterhouse. It was while a rainy day. It sucks. Yeah. Which made for difficult, unpleasant flying, and what we were required to observe was even more unpleasant. All right. Uh, and I mean, then you, they- you see a lot from the outside of the slaughterhouse. And yet you're surprised by what goes on in there when you get yeah. in there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, again, um, bad writing. Yeah. Uh, they come back to the other kids and they uh, explain that essentially the, the, the meatpacking plant does not have a force field, but it does have Gleet biofilters on all of the entrances. Um, also, the steer are not kept on site and also all of the steer are tagged inventory. So if they're going to go in as cows, we need to go in as specific cows. Um, we get a, uh, a, a discussion about what steer are versus bulls. Um, Axe says that male cows are bulls unless they've been neutered, in which case they're steer. Steer are more docile, although this herd comprises both steer and cows. Um, and everyone except for Tobias looks at Axe. And he's like, I saw it on Animal Planet. Uh, and he asks what neutering is. <laughs> uh, we get a comment from Cassie that she doesn't get Animal Planet, which I find extremely difficult to believe. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, like, I don't know what to do with information that Cassie does not watch The Crocodile Hunter. I just Mm -hmm. categorically refuse to entertain that idea. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, But they all refuse to answer Axe about what neutering is. Um, Mm -hmm. And Um, we get... um as part of this scene, we get some details with the kids doing homework. And this actually does become relevant in a moment, but we got this detail about how Marco's doing the makeup of a makeup of a makeup quiz um, and is checking with history details, I think. Yeah, it definitely looks to be history. Rachel is not helping. Uh, Tobias corrects Marco's spelling, which is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we move on, um, to Axe explaining why the meat plant doesn't have a force field because of the size, and he starts explaining, and Cassie has a moment of, oh, God, I understood. I never understand the tech. What's happening to me? Let <laughs> um, me get this. I was pleased by my success at reducing a much more complex reality to terms simple enough for my human friends to grasp. Like, 
Yeah, good work, Axe. You're doing better than a lot of like academics out there. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but basically, the Gleep biofilters mean that they have to go in as cows. Um, and uh, Cassie posits, you know, we probably don't have to all morph cows if only a couple of us morph cows and then the others like hide inside the noses of those cows as flies will probably be okay because the Gleep biofilter doesn't eliminate organisms inside of other organisms, which isn't really a point that has been established before now, but mm -hmm. okay. I suppose uh, could have been explained off screen. Also a yerk inside a human. We know. Well, but like it specifically looks for yerks inside mm. of humans. But I suppose they don't destroy all like the bacteria inside yeah. someone's yeah. or like for some like say if a host happened to be pregnant as well. Yeah. So Yeah. But yes, yeah. again, convenient that that's established mm -hmm. information now that the kids have. Um, um. Yeah, so they can either go in as cows or as flies. Um, and Jake's like, all right, Axe and Tobias will go as cows because if they have to demorph, they won't see people. Then they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, uh, and so Tobias, Axe, along with Marco and Rachel, fly out to the feedlot where the steer are kept. Um, it is still raining, so it's miserable flying. Uh, Rachel is carrying an ear tag device. Um, it's a device that can be used to both remove the ear tags that are already in steer livestock and also put them in. Um, Jake and Cassie have familial obligations. Whatever. Uh, mm. So they fly out to the feedlot. They search around uh, for, like the next steer in the sequence that will be taken to the slaughterhouse tomorrow. Let's ignore um, how they know that. Yeah. Uh, uh, who knows? Mm -hmm. um, uh, preferably the first two numbers in that sequence. Um, so he finds those two, uh, those two cows, um, and Tobias easily lands on one of them and acquires it. And Axe uh, begins to demorph to because he has to be in Andalite form in order to acquire the cow. And then they see car lights coming in their direction. Everyone kind of just waits to see what these, this truck is going to do. Um, it looks like the truck, it's a pickup, like it's just riding around the various pastures. Um, and Rachel points out it's really, really, really dark. And so what could they possibly see? And Marco's like, well, they might have night vision glasses and they could see plenty. Um, and Axe is just like, I believe if I keep my tail lowered and my arms down by my sides, I would look enough like a cow or steer not to be noticed. And but everyone no. else is just like, sure, try it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Do not let him try it. This is so dumb. Of course he's not going to look like a cow. Not even <laughs> in the dark. 
Not even in the dark, and if they do have night vision goggles like Markle posited, it's not gonna matter if he just looks like a vague shape in the dark, because I'll be able to see that he's not a fucking cow. They could have just waited for ten minutes for these guys to leave. Mm-hmm. And instead, they're just like, no, just go ahead with it, it's fine. And so, Axe, uh, demorphs um and the the cows are like they don't panic they just kind of like move away like i don't know what that is (laughs) (laughs) um the truck is beginning to head this way axe continues to demorph um uh I hugged my arms to my body. I tucked my tail down along my back, which enlarged my profile. I bent my head forward, doing my best to simulate a steer's head. I even twisted my stock eyes forward to simulate horns. Like, it was not a bad deception all in all. I was proud of myself, but also just a bit embarrassed. Steer are clearly not sentient animals. My ability to pass as one merely amused Marco. Like, I'm so mad this is a thing. I mean, I'm enjoying <laughs> Danielle's rage. Let me be clear. That's why I'm being quiet right now because I'm just like, there's a certain incandescence to this that is just. Uh huh. I'm just so. This is so dumb. I'm so mad it's about so dumb. it. <laughs> it's like. It's not even it's not even a comedy of errors. It's just like mm-hmm. dumb. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they are and, all too smart for this. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's it's like they're being dumb just so that the writer could have this scene. Which and is so, dumb and pointless. Yeah. Like the the truck comes closer and stops nearby. Axe is Fully an andalite, pretending to be a steer. Uh, the, the kids getting out of the truck are, like, frat boys, apparently. Like, college kids. Um, who have been drinking and driving. Uh, and are apparently that was fucking the best wasted. Teacher. That was the best teacher slash adult voice I think I've ever heard you use. <laughs> Drink it's- driving. I'm sorry. And, I am I am very pleased by this. <laughs> uh and so these guys like go into the field and everyone's like and Tobias is like, oh no, they're not here to like attack people. They're just here to go cow tipping. Do people do much cow tipping in California? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. These people can't even stand up straight or walk. They keep falling over. Uh, and no, Axe I'm is just like, drunk people don't willingly go out into the rain. No, you just generally just don't want to do that. No, uh, and like Marco says, cow tipping, it's like a dumb fraternity thing. Like, maybe I could kind of see it, like, maybe this is hazing, which is bad. Don't haze people, uh, but maybe this is hazing, but whatever. What the guys are here. Uh, and X asks Marco to explain what cow tipping is, and Marco gives the best explanation. Well, basically, 
you know, go out in a field and push a cow over. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> but generally it involves being profoundly drunk. Why? Because it's too idiotic to do sober. <laughs> anyway, so they get close to Axe, and they're all just like, that's a weird-looking steer. Uh, oh, that's not a cow. And then Axe just knocks them all out, all out with the flat of his tail blade. I do like um, the momentary sort of panic for the other. Like, what did you do? She's like, I just knocked him out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Axe then acquires one of the cows uh, and heads home to watch the Brady Bunch. Um, it, for some reason, I have a vivid memory of these dudes actually cow tipping Axe. Like a vivid that memory. Much more entertaining. Yeah, where they like come up to Axe and they're like, that's kind of a weird steer. Oh, it doesn't matter. And then they push him over and he falls over into the mud. Like <laughs> <laughs> I like your take on this. <laughs> I don't know why I have this scene in my head, but apparently it doesn't fucking happen. This is why? so pointless. Uh-huh. It's all pointless. This could have been reduced yeah. to like two lines. We flew out to the feedlot and found the cows that we needed that were the next in the sequence and acquired mm. them. Yeah. And like, yeah, we've done weird, wacky acquire animal hijinks before. But this isn't even that. This isn't. This. It's not fun. No. It's just dumb. It is just dumb. So, the following day, make better choices, Ptolemy. Um, the following day, uh, Axe is performing his morning ritual um, that we have seen him do before. Uh, and he, rem he thinks about, oh my god, Ptolemy, make better choices. Uh, he thinks about how it gives him like, a strength of purpose um, during the days. Even here on Earth, he's serving his people. Uh, I do like that it's pointed out that his people are Andalites and humans, um, which is just chef's kiss. Um, uh, Tobias comes down, um, asking if he's ready. I like the implication that Tobias waited until Axe was done with his morning ritual because he knows that it's important. Mm. Um, and Tobias comments, maybe I need a morning ritual. I mean, something beyond passing a pellet and eating a mouse, something with some meaning. Um, and Axe says, my morning ritual is imposed on me by my society. Your society, human society, does not impose a similar requirement. Unless you consider drinking coffee and scarfing a toaster strudel in a ritual. I do find the ritual helpful sometimes, on days when I expect to face danger, for example, but it causes me to miss some of the banter between Katie and Matt and Al, who are the hosts of the Today Show. Um, and I, I want Axe to teach Tobias some of the morning, the rituals of his father's culture. It feels like Tobias is kind of wanting to have that conversation too uh-huh like it's like the offering of an olive branch of a conversation yeah 
It's, it's bringing it up, but not in a way that's out loud asking a question. Because if you ask the question, there's a possibility they might say no. This, and that's got huge implications as well for Tobias as well, who we know has lived in such a shitty situation for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because this is also probably acknowledging the thing that they maybe haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, so hey, you know how you're my uncle? <laughs> yeah. Um, because now they both know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so I don't want to necessarily bring up the thing because I don't want to make it weird because you're like my best, you're you're my best guy. And but also I would like to maybe do this as well. Could you maybe help me do this? Mm-hmm. I want to understand. Yeah. I, I can't speak to the experience of, uh, of having a mixed heritage, but like wanting to connect with a part of yourself that you maybe haven't got access to or like uh, specifically the uh, experience of being adopted, like raised in a family away from the culture that you were born to or you are connected to through birth. Mm-hmm. And it's my heart aches for Tobias. Like, yeah, he doesn't have his father anymore, but he has you ax. Mm-hmm. And that's important mm-hmm. and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I cannot fucking wait for book 33. Um, which 33 is a lot for a variety of different reasons. Uh, but also they do have a little bit of that conversation. And Ooh. it is, it, you know, it feeds my cows, it waters my crops. It's, <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. good. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, this is, again, a very small crumb because immediately they all morph bird and fly out to the feedlot. Uh, Tobias and Axe land, demorph. Um, Tobias morphs first because then he can kind of help cover Axe's appearance with his body. Um, and we get the detail that Tobias, when Tobias morphs, the cow head appears first, which is <laughs> <laughs> quite an image. Um, uh, but then we get the detail, uh, Tobias's own furious hawk eyes widened and rounded and seemed to fill with moisture. They no longer looked fierce. They looked, well, stupid. Like, why you gotta do cows so dirty? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he, he morphs the, the steer, uh, and he comments that, you know, this morph is kind of restless, like annoyed, like he's looking for trouble. Like it's not difficult to control, but it's just kind of not what he expected. Yeah. Um, uh, so Axe begins, uh, his demorphing, um, the steer all kind of back away from Tobias. They don't really want to be around him. Uh, and Cassie begins crossing the field towards them. Um, I don't know why she has to cross the field. Like why hmm. she didn't morph or demorph where they are and just do the thing there. 
Yeah. I don't know. I do like the comment, barefoot black chick in Dayglo spandex stomping through cow pies. That'll be real smooth, Cassie had said. <laughs> Which is good. Good mental image. Uh, but like, this is unnecessary. Why is this? Why? Um, it's but, creating artificial problems yeah. for the sake of there being problems. Yeah. Um, but Axe begins to morph, uh, and then we get just like the most fucking pointless exchange. Uh, the, the single oddest fact was that my eyes were separated by an enormous face that dominated my field of vision. I could see to the left and to the right, but most of straight ahead was filled with my own long muzzle. But Tobias was wrong. There was nothing agitated or restless about this morph. On the contrary, it was very... Um, Axeman, I think you messed up. You're a cow. No, I am a steer. No, you're a cow. You have an udder. You acquired the wrong kind of cow. Oh, I demorphed. I acquired a steer. This time I checked. I morph I morphed again. Why is this here? <laughs> Why? You see, it, you see, it's funny, Danielle. <laughs> I, it's so dumb. <laughs> so I couldn't quite hear what Andrew said, but I, I'm always dead to hear. <laughs> he, sa he said, because it will teach kids the difference between a steer and a cow. I guess. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb it has no business being in here it's completely throwaway you could cut out that paragraph and nothing would change it is completely useless I think I would maybe forgive it if we didn't have the whole I checked this time to be yeah. sure How it did he dumb. acquire the wrong cow? They were looking for specific ear tags. Also, why yeah, does he have to be a steer when if cows and steer? I don't, yeah, I don't. It's dumb. I don't know. It is. It is artificial conflict. It uh, is. As I said, it's creating nonsense where it doesn't need to be because, you know, others are funny. Yeah, I get the um, sense that have... she turned in a mm -hmm. much more streamlined version, and then they had they told her she had to pad it out. Maybe. And instead of padding it out with like actually good stuff, it's just mm -hmm. shit like this. Mm -hmm. I don't um, know, but but hey, so now we've run into uh, an issue because Axe has now morphed and is also getting that antsy feeling. Because uh, hey, when you morph. It's copying the DNA, um, and therefore any surgeries done to the body would not be present on the morph because that is not genetically encoded. So instead of two new steers, we have two new bulls, and bulls are incredibly territorial. There's mm -hmm. a reason you don't keep multiple of them together. This and Ca I Cassie like. has realized. Yeah, Cassie has realized what's going on because that was why she was coming over because mm -hmm. she immediately realized 
that the reason why the steer were backing away from Tobias mm-hmm. after he morphed and probably picked up on the way Tobias was shifting around, just like, oh no, that's a bull. Mm-hmm. Like, the, and, and that's why, and she puts herself between Axe and Tobias here. And he's just trying to get, get them to take control over the, the bull instincts. Uh, explains why they're feeling agitated. Mm-hmm. Um, and explains to Jake when he's in it. And Cassie's using like her talking to an- dangerous animals' voices mm-hmm. uh, and how they kind of, okay, our bad, we missed this part. Um, and Axe is like hearing this, but not really taking it in because it's still like, hey, this, uh, there's another bull in my territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're under a very tight timeline because the truck is on the move. Uh, we get a clumsy drawing line of, okay, it's time for peace. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake's telling Cassie she needs to bail, but she's refusing. She's just like getting Axe and Tobias to back away from each other. Um, and just like activates the no nonsense voice mm-hmm. and literally just grab, <laughs> grabs the ball by the horns, literally, and just grabs hold of Axe. And like just makes him back up and puts the ear tag on and then does the exact same thing to Tobias. Um, and that I love that. Like we know Cassie is confident around animals, more dangerous animals than bulls. It's just like, yeah, sometimes you just like you do it and you do the thing and this is it. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Uh, that is then, some good Cassie writing. It is some good Cassie writing. I really, I very much like it a lot. Um, and then uh, she points out in another thing that I do like, like everyone else is like, uh, okay, Cassie, get out of there. Um, and they're like, do you think the truck drivers will notice? And Cassie's like, of course they'll fucking notice. Maybe they're controllers, but their human hosts are farmers. They're gonna know the difference between a steer and a bull. <laughs> Uh, For the sake of uh, a very crash, there's uh, t- two things they're bound to notice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, she she points, like, and the others are like, so don't they ever send bulls to the slaughterhouse? And she's like, yeah, so maybe once we get there, we'll be okay. But how do we get past these guys in the truck? They'll call in to be sure they're supposed to carry bulls. They'll be mad because bulls are dangerous. They'll realize something is wrong. Ear tag or no ear tag. And Jake's just like, but we've gone through so much trouble. I don't want to give up. And then no one says anything. And then Jake's like, hey, Marco, do you think you could drive their truck? 